What's up and welcome into a game day edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson. I hope everyone is doing well, staying safe, and of course wearing your mask. A very busy day for us here in New Orleans and also in Orlando inside the bubble. As I mentioned, a Pelicans game day for you as the Pelicans take on the Brooklyn Nets in scrimmage game number one. Joining me to preview tonight's game is Jim Eichenhofer of Pelicans.com. He'll hop on the post-game show with me later on tonight from Smoothie King Center. Jim, we haven't said this in four and a half months. Happy game day to you, my friend. Happy game day to you, too. I mean, I know this isn't going to count in the standings, and it's not a quote-unquote real game. But, man, it's great to have some basketball and some competition back. It's going to count for me. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care if the Pelicans win by 30 or lose by 30. I'm just glad the basketball is back. And Jim, it's been such a wild ride in these last four and a half months. But even so, with practice availability, look, we don't get to watch really a lot besides what gets sent out to us um, from the from the marketing team every day as far as B-roll and stuff. And then we get to talk to them over Zoom as far as media availability. For you covering the team, how strange has it been just having to deal with all these different things um, going into the restart of this regular season? Well, I mean, it's better than not having it, but I mean, th- certainly there are things that aren't ideal about it. I feel like from a day-to-day standpoint of covering practice when you're not there, it's really hard to provide much color to your what you're writing about just because you haven't been able to observe anything. You haven't been able to see like, even if it's you're talking about just the last 15, 20 minutes when all of the media is led into practice, you can't talk about you know you saw this guy shooting or working on this so it's definitely a challenge but I mean there's there's also so many different topics to talk about that I feel like it kind of evens out because there's just so many things different things to address you know in this bizarre situation before we get into the game tonight um it came out on Monday as far as no one has tested positive for coronavirus inside the bumble as of uh, July 20th what does it say about what the NBA is doing and how really how well this is going so far even though it's been just a couple of weeks it seems like the bubble is working yeah it really is I mean it's great news I'm I I know that there are a lot of people and people have had various degrees of optimism or negativity pessimism over the last few months about whether this was going to work or not but I think it kind of and I don't want to get too ahead of myself but it does kind of show the, the 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 decision to try to do this I think is looking better and better as, as you go through testing and you don't have any tests that are positive. It, se- it seems almost hard to believe that of that many people that no one tested positive, but um, definitely a great initial start to the process and hopefully it'll just stay this way over the next couple months. Let's focus in on tonight's scrimmage. If you look at the Pelicans, you know, yes, they are playing the Brooklyn Nets, but uh, just by hearing Alvin Gentry, some of the players are really just focused on themselves for these three scrimmage games. And we'll worry about the opponent come July 30th. What are you looking to see tonight in this scrimmage? Is there anything in particular that you want to keep an eye out on tonight, or is it just kind of just seeing these guys play basketball? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things, and I'm sure everyone has been paying close attention to this over the last week or so, and the Pelicans, both Coach Gentry and the players, have pretty much played this pretty close to the vest. But even this morning with listening to Brandon Ingram, um, how are they going to fill the starting lineup? How are they going to line up as far as who's going to be in that spot until Zion comes back? Um, can they can they continue what they did offensively where they were I think they were one of the best offensive teams in the league obviously paid a great pace for the most of the season Um, and then defensively can they build on the improvement that they made Um, I wrote an article who knows how long ago this was two three months ago about how 
the Pelicans were the second most improved defensive team after Christmas. Memphis was first. Um, so it just, I just want to see if they can just pick up where they left off. And I think that's been a theme throughout the last couple of weeks of the whole month of July is just trying to go back to the way that they're playing in mid-March in a bunch of different categories. You asked a couple of questions today in shoot around about the pace of play with Drew Holiday and Brandon Ingram offensively. Is that kind of where you're going to start with um, as far as the Pelicans tonight, just seeing one, if they're in game shape and ready to go, and two, are they able to keep up with that fast pace that they had before the hiatus? Yeah, I think a lot of that ties together. I think every team in the NBA is concerned to some extent about conditioning and how much, what kind of shape the players are in. And then there's a second level of game shape as far as um, no one should no one should be in game shape right now, probably realistically, unless you were able to, you know, ramp up a, as much as possible over the last couple of weeks when you're finally able to play five on five. So I think that part of it is going to be a challenge, but um, especially for a team that plays really fast and is going to try to keep up the the rapid pace that they've, they played at all season, which is really the, the plan of attack that they've had since training camp. So, um, but I will say from a positive standpoint, it does sound like, and I guess the proof will be in the pudding, but it's, it does sound like there, there's a lot of confidence from the players that they, feel like they're going to be able to go back to that that pace that they played at and there's not a lot of concern right now as far as the the shape that they're in I think they feel pretty confident about that and I think the fact that you have so many guys in their 20s that have fresh legs I think is definitely beneficial as well you talk about confidence that was a word that Brandon Ingram used today when talking about the team uh without Zion Williamson and I know it's tough without him right now we wish him all the best but it seems like, look, this team is playing really well without Zion before he came back in January, and I feel like this team can can do the same without him just because they have had that experience already with Zion missing the first 44 games of the season. Yeah, and I think um, one of the biggest things that started to happen right around Christmas time was a few guys really flipped their season as far as they might have gone to, to slow or sluggish starts, whether it was injuries or other factors. And then they started playing a lot better. So I think nationally there, it is somewhat lost in the story of the Pelicans this season that they were starting to play a lot better before Zion came back. When Zion made his debut, I think he took them to a different level as far as confidence wise and just the ceiling that they, this team has. But even before January 22nd, when he played against the Spurs in his first game, guys like Lonzo Ball had started to play a much better. He was banged up at the beginning of the season. Nico Melli also had a, an adjustment to the NBA coming from overseas. And then he started playing a lot better and was a lot more accurate shooting threes. Etwan Moore had a much bigger role as the season went on. He, uh, he's, he didn't play a ton in the first 30 games, but then in the last 34 games, he played a lot. So um, there were a lot of different factors, but I think also, and obviously Derek Favors missed a lot of games at the beginning of the season. Having all of those guys come back, be healthy and play pretty much across the board and prove, made the team so much deeper. And obviously the, everyone wants Zion to be back, but um, there's, I think there's so much more confidence on July 22nd in the depth and ability for this team to be successful without Zion than there was in say mid-December when you're on a 13 game losing streak and, and people are looking around for answers. What you've heard from Alvin Gentry um, this week, as my daughter wants to play a role in this podcast here too, of, of the Pelicans podcast. Um, 
What would you say as far as – what do you expect from the players as far as how much they'll play, the starters, how many minutes? You know, Alvin says, you know, they want to ramp them up, but at the same time, you don't want anyone to risk injury in these three scrimmage games. What do you expect as far as rotation-wise what we'll see tonight and uh, progressing through these scrimmage games? First thing I want to say is, hi, Lily. How's it going? <laughs> um, Not going well right now, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but secondly, um, I think well, – I mean – one of the one of the details about tonight's game that's interesting is diff and different is you're you're only t you're talking about ten minute quarters so the game's only forty minutes so I, I would think that um, given that um, detail I, I would doubt anyone's going to even play thirty minutes tonight I think he's going to spread the minutes out a lot among um, pretty much everyone there's sixteen guys on the roster um, I'm not sure if you, maybe we'll see twelve thirteen guys maybe even more than that tonight I would think that you, you're going to want to try to get you know, maybe even Sidarius Thornwell gets gets a little playing time. So I think it's going to be a lot like a preseason game as far as the minute allotment goes where no one's going to play a ton. I, I know uh, Alvin Gentry also mentioned, I think that there might be a game, a scrimmage or two where a guy doesn't play at all. And then the next game he plays 15, 20 minutes. This is probably more like you're talking like the 10th, 11th, 12th man, those kind of guys. So um, there might be a situation tonight where a guy – gets a DMP and it's surprising, but then the next game he plays, you know, 15, 20 minutes, but we'll have to wait and see. I just, I don't think that there's going to be anyone playing too many extended minutes. And I would think that there probably won't be anyone that plays say more than eight or nine consecutive minutes within any, within any stretch of the game. So for the fans watching on pelicans.com in the mobile app or listening on the radio or watching on NBA TV, when you talk about expectations, cause we always go through this every preseason where, you know, if you blow a team out, it's like, oh, well, it's preseason. And then if you lose big, it's like, well, if you can't beat them in the preseason, how are you going to beat them during the regular season? With everything that this team has gone through leading up to this point right now, how should fans, I guess, temper their expectations for tonight as far as what they're going to see? Because I feel like Alvin's going to try a lot of different things, whether it's rotations, minutes. You, like you mentioned, you might not see some of the starters play tonight and play another night. What would you determine, I guess, a successful scrimmage for those fans that are watching and trying to evaluate this team heading into the restart come next week? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing I want to say is I, I wouldn't read too much into it no matter what happens, whether they play extremely well or they struggle. Um, I think one of the biggest things is, can, is just playing their style of some of the things that we talked about as far as pushing the pace and not getting fatigued. Um, it's not going to be the normal minute allotment either, so that might be hard to evaluate. But um, I think I would be really impressed tonight, too, if they can, for example, keep their turnovers down. If they can play a, a, a sharp game and not be sloppy and not make some of the mistakes that um, sometimes teams make when they haven't played in so long that we see at the beginning of preseason. So if they can even, even somewhat resemble the team that we saw in March when the, the season shut down I would be really uh happy with that and it's just a going to be a first step of obviously you still have two more scrimmages against Denver and Milwaukee before you have to uh play a game that counts for real against Utah on July 30th before I let you go is there a player that you're looking out for today um or tonight I should say in the scrimmage again we don't know whether who's going to play or not or how many minutes but let's say you assume everyone is going to play tonight is there a particular person just from what you've seen with the b-roll and what you've seen or heard from players that shoot around or practice, is there some player that you're kind of now thinking, oh, this, this might be an intriguing game for him or an intriguing scrimmage time for him? Well, I mean, 
the three guys that I've been talking about as X factors throughout this hiatus are Lonzo Ball, Nico Melli, and Etuan Moore, as far as guys that um, could have a huge impact on the success of the team that maybe people don't immediately think about when they, they usually will mostly talk about at first Zion, um, BI, obviously Brandon Ingram and Drew Holiday. But the guy that it seems like I'm sure you've heard this as well. A lot of people have been talking about and Drew Holiday talked about him this morning was Nikhil Alexander Walker. We don't know how much he's going to play tonight and or in the um, next couple scrimmages and the seeding games. But I'm really encouraged by the stuff that people have talked about as far as um, the development that he's made and some of the confidence it seems like he's added. I know he had some ups and downs during the part one, I guess, of his rookie season. It, it seems like he's a guy that might be able to be someone that can make strides and make improvements. I don't know if it's realistic to think that we're going to see that on the court in the next, however long the Pelicans are, are still playing in Orlando. But, but man, I think that's a, that's encouraging as far as looking ahead to 20, 2020, 21 season is in terms of man, maybe he'll be able to make a jump. Could be fun tonight as we get to see basketball finally for the first time in four and a half months. Of course, if you're in the new Orleans area, you can watch it on pelicans.com and the mobile app, accompanied by the radio broadcast with Todd Graffinini and John DeShazer from ESPN New Orleans, 100.3 FM. I'll have pregame for you starting at 5.30 on the radio. And if you're outside of the New Orleans market, tonight's game will also be on NBA TV. And, of course, follow Jim Eichenhofer on Twitter at Jim underscore Eichenhofer. He'll be providing updates throughout the game. And, of course, he'll join me for Pelicans OT afterwards on the Pelicans Radio Network. Jim? I look forward to seeing you at the arena tonight. Mask on, of course, as we will socially distance. But nonetheless, uh, getting to watch basketball with you will certainly be a treat. And I appreciate your time today. Yeah, it's good, always good talking to you. I look forward to Pelicans OT. Again, it's going to be great to uh, to get back together in the in the studio and hear from Pelicans Nation. Absolutely. All right, that'll do it for today's podcast. Again, we'll talk to you tonight on the radio. And, of course, we'll see you on pelicans.com or the mobile app. And until then, I'm Daniel Sowers, and thanks for listening to the Pelican Podcast presented by Seat.